Welcome to Sneaker Dads. I'm John Ratner. We're back to our usual format this week for episode 13, but you can be sure I'll be mixing it up going forward with somewhere everything episodes too. So far, we've had Net Magnetism and Sean Collard on Wear Everything, and I'm sure our guest today will be back to dig deep into his collection for one of those pods. Of course, we'll hear a lot of that good stuff right now from Faraz, a.k.a. Laced Heat on Instagram. So let's get into it. Hey, Faraz, what's up? Hey, man, how you doing? Good, good, good. Thanks for being here. It's uh, it's uh, interesting that we're talking on the phone. I don't think we've ever talked on the phone except for like maybe I'm, I'm in this parking lot or I'm in this parking lot, right? Like right, yeah. where are we meeting up? <laughs> but we talk a lot on Instagram. We'll get into that. Um, but Faraz, I'll start like I always do and ask what's in your rotation? The weather's turned cold and there's snow on the ground in southern Ontario. So what have you been wearing recently? Um, funny enough, like it, I'm in Bowmanville, so I'm a little bit east of Toronto, but like, uh, 45 minutes to an hour. So it actually hasn't snowed too badly. Um, lately though, for the past week, I've been wearing my infrared Air Max nineties, but not the new pair. Cause I still haven't been able to get my hands on them. Um, I know the Canadian release was delayed, but they did end up dropping, I think a couple days ago, but I wasn't able to get them. Um, so I'm wearing my 2010 pair because they're already pretty beat up. So I don't mind, uh, you know, wearing those out. And I've been wearing the, um, the Adidas ZX 5000s, the Bape, uh, undefeated, um, from a few years back, the, the camouflage, uh, colorway. So those are also beat, which I need another pair, but at this point they're like, the resale is like way too high. Right. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned those two pairs because when it comes to the Adidas, it's uh you got the new pair uh, you got the 8000 right yeah, and yeah. and you're wearing the 5000 and then you, you you're wearing the air max infrareds in, in anticipation of getting a new pair so you're kind of sending a message to the sneaker gods there like thank, thank you for blessing me with the adidas i'm gonna wear them or something like weird like that or is it just because they're on your mind um i pulled them out because i had the um like the 8,000s were coming and I, I just, I, I got the 8,000. So I pulled out the 5,000s to take a picture with them. And honestly, just because they're at the front door, I just kind of slip them on because they're like super easy to get on. So I just put them on, run out. And they're already kind of worn at this point. So I don't mind wearing them uh, more often. Plus I have so many shoes in my collection at this point that it's like, sometimes you don't wear Like I haven't worn those shoes in like years. And then I pulled them out and because whatever's at the front door, I'll just consistently wear for that week and then I'll eventually put it away. Yeah. I've been wearing, I wore a pair of um, fours of fire red. Actually, it's funny, kind of the same thing. I wore my 2006 fire red fours of Mars ones um, yesterday. And that was because they were on my mind. They're supposed to arrive on Friday. I did get lucky with the pair. Uh, shout out to Soul Savvy for helping that happen. <laughs> we just were talking about Soul Savvy. Uh, I guess you remember too. And um, the uh, today I had on my um, denim uh, Japan uh, dunks the um, ones that fray. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm I'm doing the uh, Canada Got Soul CGS to 2021 countdown. So I'm, I've decided this year to. 
um, pull out my favorite pairs. I, I don't know what to do every year. So that's the theme this year. It's not bust out necessarily everything new. It's not necessarily bust out anything super heat. It's yeah. I want I want my favorite. So that's what I'm showing off this year. But it's cool that it's cool that, you know, people wear things that are on their mind and they, they maybe want a new pair. And and maybe, you know, maybe if you beat a pair and you you, you, you it's indestruct it's it's beyond it, it's time for a new pair. Again, maybe the sneaker gods will bless us with a pair of infrareds or, mm-hmm. or for me, for me the uh fire red fours. Yeah, that's um, how it usually is, man. Like you you have a new pair coming out, you always pull out the old stuff. Even like uh an, like a sequel comes out to a shoe, you'll always pull out the older pair to wear, you know, during that week or when the shoe comes out, just in anticipation. So are you uh, the type who would keep the new pair on ice and and then you know give that old pair some more wear? Uh, maybe in the example Adidas example, it's not such a good one. But if you if it's a retro of a, the same shoe like the infrared, w- will you break out that new infrared if you get a pair ninety, or would you just Actually, wear the old I, one more? Uh, funny you say that. I on the my black cement threes that uh, you know, they retroed them what like twenty eighteen with the Nike Air branding on the on the heel. Uh, I'm, I still haven't worn those. I, I bought them when they retroed, but I'm still wearing my countdown pack, like black cement threes, because those are like, and I noticed like the quality on those ones is a little bit, it's actually a lot better the leather than on the new ones. But because I've already kind of beat those shoes, I don't want to ruin the new ones until the old ones are just kind of like, I can't wear them anymore. So yeah, I'll keep wearing the older pair, keep the new pair. I just like to know that I have a fresh pair <laughs> available. Once mm-hmm. I can't win the gold pair anymore, right? But yeah, that's a really good question. Absolutely. And you know, the thing about the countdown pack is you gotta wear it or else it'll might become unwearable at one point, right? So makes sense from that perspective too. Yeah. When was that? Two thousand and nine, I think. Yeah. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And and uh, the I had a pair of the new one the new retros and uh I uh I, I kind of had them sitting there and I have, I have the 94. So I said, I don't need these. So I, I, I wear my 94s. I don't wear them that much. So I definitely didn't need the new pair. Um, <laughs> it's strange, strange the way things work. So we're the same size. As I mentioned, we've done a lot of deals over the years and we always chat for, I think usually at least an hour or hours during our meetups. My, my wife is always like, and it happens with everyone or not everyone, but everyone like you that I know that, that we're friends, you know, you go to these meetups and especially now it's opportunity to, it's opportunity to sort of socialize. We also chat on IG a lot, but I, I don't know your background. I don't know how you got into sneakers. I don't know any of that. Can you tell us a little bit about like, where it all started for you where and how you got to where you are yeah definitely man like for me honestly like i growing up like my parents never really had the money to buy me all the latest and greatest like i you know i would go to school i'd see all the kids with the jordans and the nikes and stuff and i ended up with you know the reeboks the sean camps were the shoes that they got me the kamikazes because they were cheaper like jordans at the time i think were about like 100 and 50 130 to 150 bucks back in the 90s and obviously my parents couldn't afford that so i got you know reeboks and and converse and whatever was on so i remember at, at one point when um years ago uh kevin kevin johnson from the phoenix suns he had a shoe deal with converse and he had a pair of converse reacts and i remember i still remember the price it was 79.99 and my mom bought it with tax came to like 90 bucks and i thought it was like so much money but i wore those to the ground but it's like 
growing up, I really never had as many pairs as I wanted to get. And then when brands started, when I started working and brands started retroing shoes that I couldn't get back then, um, I guess that just kind of what started it is just like, oh, I can now go out and buy this shoe and this shoe. It's no longer like I missed out on the shoe back then, so I can't get it. So now like the retro craze is for the past like at least 15 years, it's 20 years. It's been like retros like every single day, right? Brands mm-hmm. are Nikes, especially Nike. They're bringing back like old models. Like the, the, I remember the Dennis Rodman's the end, Nike Indestructs. I wanted those so bad when they came out and I was surprised they retroed them a couple years ago or was it two, three years ago? And uh, in like a bunch of different colorways and those were all sitting like nobody cared, but I just wanted them because of the nostalgic purposes. So for me, it's kind of like things that I couldn't get back then, but I think I've at this point, I've gone overboard. I've purchased way too many shoes that more than I need, obviously like all of us, like really at this point, I could wear, I don't need to buy another pair of shoes for the rest of my life. Right. So I have enough pairs to last me quite some time. Um, also when it, like I really first started collecting when I started working at, um, ecstasy, I used to be assistant manager at one of their locations back in like 2004, 2005. And I got my employee discount Hmm. and they had like a Nike account and they had a Jordan account and like, so anytime I want to choose, I would get like 30 to 40% off. Uh, so that's when I started just buying them up. Right. Cause I, I would get a discount. I was working, I was living at home. So that's kind of what started it all for me at least. And then now it's just kind of snowballed. So that's when you really started getting to it. Yeah. I remember ecstasy. I remember they had a, was a location at young, was it ST Scarborough yeah. town as well? We had a location in young street, Cedarbury mall, Malvern Mall, and then they had one also at the Oshawa Center. Wow. So for and me, I was, I was working at the Oshawa location as well. And that was that was, was mid two thousands, and then it stuck yeah, around yeah. for like what, like a, yeah. a decade or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was for a while. I think they recently, like two three years ago, closed the one on Young Street, yeah, um, near the center. But um, back then, like they were the go to spot, right? And it was it was a weird store to work at. Like it was. It was almost like a had like a flea market vibe where it was like you would go in and you would talk to the people who worked there and then they would do they you would just ask them like how much like the price is on the shoe it's not like Foot Locker you go on Foot Locker the shoe says two hundred bucks you go up to the cash you pay two hundred bucks like over there it's like it says two hundred bucks and then you kind of like come on man you can like people would come in and they'd be like all right I'll give you this or how about if I buy this much will you give me a discount and the owners were always like yeah we'll give you this that and the other. And they also, it was strange. They paid me in cash. I'll still remember this, like under the table. It was a very oh. strange. <laughs> and they had a lot of other random stuff in the store too. Like it wasn't. Yeah, they like had a lot said. of clothes too. Yeah. 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 They sold LRG, Averex, like all the urban gear from back in the day. Like um, I think they also had um, that BBC and vape and stuff like that back when it was first like Soldier Boy times when it was popular. <laughs> So that was also your sort of, not maybe introduction, but how you sort of expanded into the culture, sort of uh, working there, talking to people, meeting people, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like from there, I kind of like started going to all the other sneaker spots downtown, you know, like uh, Goodfoot. Uh, we had, they had Ransom upstairs. Uh, Livestock then came around that time to from Vancouver, they originally, and then they came over to Toronto. Um, I remember 
uh, Cebu Play had uh, the vault. You remember the vault mm-hmm. where they would just like, put shoes away for a few years and then they would just randomly release shoes that have been like out of stock and like nobody was doing this at the time. Mm-hmm. And they would just like post them on their like website at the time, I think. And it was just word of mouth because it was the internet with the blogs weren't as big back then, right? There was it wasn't really it was Nike Talk was in the the soul collector forums where where you needed to go to get any information, but there was really no like big sneaker news and <clears throat> nice kicks and stuff like that back then, right? So it was just pretty much word of mouth. You walk into a store and you talk to people and you know, kind of make connections that way. And, you know, just a lot has changed over the years. And <laughs> I'm just like, I feel almost like I can't get anything anymore, right? Everything is just like bots here. Uh, and back then, like I could get two pairs of shoes if I wanted, right? I used to buy, if I could, I would buy one pair to wear, one to rock, one to stock, right? And then you put the other pair like on ice and you just kind of sit on it. Yeah. And then years later, you kind of pull it out, right? So now it's I'd be lucky if I can even get one pair of shoes. So you talked about you know, working and uh, exploring stores downtown in Toronto. And and obviously you weren't just buying shoes at the place where you worked. You were picking up shoes all over the place, right? And, you know, you've been around in the culture now and back then. But I'm curious about, you know, what what got you deeper? Was it was it that was it sort of the drive to get more or was it more of the community aspect a lot of us old guys complain isn't around anymore yeah the community was really awesome like i remember like on like you know just going out and just hanging out with people right you go to the sneaker stores sometimes you wouldn't even buy anything you just kind of just hang out talk and just talk sneakers like it's it's just like at the time it was like a underground subculture I even remember I, I bought that uh, documentary just for kicks. You remember that Bob, Bobito? Mm-hmm. Uh, did that? Sure. And just like it was, just like people were hunting. It's just like it's the whole thrill of the hunt and just coming up, coming across a pair that like you don't just walk into a Footlocker and buy, right? It was just like getting that exclusive pair. When you have those contacts that you make, you can get you know things that no one else has, and then uh, so it's just the community was definitely uh, big back then. People were doing it uh helping each other out uh now it's it's more so you know who can you know like it's essentially like you're buying so you know flex on instagram or post for some likes or or reselling right so it's not as much um like a community where everyone's just trying to help each other out like in the past like i was if i had a shoe that like i knew somebody wanted and it didn't fit me i would give it to them for retail um, that's not a thing that happens anymore. Right. So, uh, but it, it is what it is. I mean, the, everything changes and evolves. So hopefully at some point it comes back full circle, but, um, the, definitely the community thing is one of the big things that kind of got me deeper and just getting things that other people couldn't and didn't have. And, you know, you kind of stand out from the crowd, right? Everybody likes this, you know, to be original and then, what whatnot so for me sneakers was my thing Mm -hmm. town like i didn't live in toronto so any shoes that i really had everyone noticed because you couldn't get those where i live right yeah yeah i get it the um 
yeah, I, I lived in the north end of Toronto and it wasn't that different. People had stuff, but it wasn't like we were running downtown all the time. We we didn't live. We we did. It wasn't that accessible as it was, especially pre having driver's license days. I mean, you could take the, the bus or the subway down, but it, it was different back then. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, because you know, you, you were at these shops in Toronto and, and looking for, you know, things that people didn't have. And you, you strike me and what, what I know about you is someone who doesn't part with too much. And I know you have a lot of old sneakers. Are there any you remember specifically from back, back in the day and where you got them and that you're, you have a, you have a fondness for still today? Yeah. The thing with me is it's kind of strange. I remember, everything like every shoe that i got what shop i got it for and some of my some of my shoes i even remember how much i paid for them like i still remember walking into good foot like this was 2008 and they had um a bunch of sales on like sbs and i remember i picked up the peewees there for 80 bucks because it was like their black friday or black friday was boxing day sale i got the the dooms for cheap they had just like a huge amount of sbs it's like at the time some sbs were like you know, popular and other ones in the drift as well. Like you walked in and they had them sitting. I also remember there was a store Alcatraz in Oshawa. SBs were originally Nike SBs were only sold at skate shops. And when I say skate shops, I don't mean like West 49 type of like chain skate shops. It was like mom and pop skate shops were the only ones that could sell SBs. And that was like kind of the the thing that made them stand out from any other Nikes is that you couldn't get Nike SBs at a Foot Locker or Champs or anything like that. You had to go to an actual skate shop and get them. And the only spot in Toronto that had them was a drift at the time from I remember. And I think there may have been one other shop. Um, and then, but because I lived in the East end and I like, I was younger, so I didn't really drive. There was a shop, a skate shop called Alcatraz in Oshawa that actually had an SB account. And I remember going there and they had the ferris bueller dunk highs and they were i think 140 at the time and i saw them and i was like oh these are dope and i just like i didn't buy them at the time because you know you're younger i don't have that much money just disposable to spend on shoes and i ended up going back like a week later and they're still there right so it wasn't like there was the internet for people to be like, okay, these are now in stock for them to post that we have these available sitting in store. Right. It was like, you walk into a store and you just see a shoe that you're just like, Oh damn, like this is just sitting here and nobody, like people obviously walk in day in day out. It still hasn't sold out. So I went and picked it up, but it's like those types of things are the things that I kind of miss is just like being able to just walk into a store and seeing a shoe that you weren't expecting to see. And then just like, checking out and buying it and it's just like those are the things that like, i miss about the sneaker game because <laughs> these blogs and like release dates and stuff like that have just kind of made it much harder for everyone to start buying stuff right because like you know weeks before you know when a shoe's dropping and then they have like sneaker links where they're like posting like i subscribe to soul savvy just like you mentioned earlier and that's just to try to get some sort of competitive advantage because if we don't and we don't have these links, there's like a million other people who do. So to just try to check out manually nowadays, it's it's almost impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some cool stories. I remember you, you mentioned the vault. I remember um, calling them 
a lot and i know a lot of people did too but i wasn't as deep in the culture as you were in the sneaker game as you were back in the, in the mid 2000s i was just sort of getting started but I, I definitely remember that sort of feeling of uh of of hunting and a different kind of hunting that we do now as opposed to StockX or goat or ebay but i wanted to ask you you mentioned you mentioned sort of the origins and i don't know if it counts as the origins of your your affinity and your love of reebok is that because you're i think a lot of people would consider you at least one of the one of the bigger reebok collectors at least i know and you collect everything but uh, you're you're big into reebok is it because of you know back in the day you 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 got some or you wanted them yeah, well, yeah, Reebok, it's kind of, I've obviously had them from when I was younger. Um, so they kind of still resonate, they resonate with me just because of nostalgic purposes. But, uh, you know, growing up, Allen Iverson was my favorite player. And he has obviously one of the most iconic basketball shoes of all time. Um, obviously, Nike makes a ton of amazing ball shoes. But Reebok, in the 90s and early 2000s, they were still big. Like, they had a big presence in sneakers uh as yeah. compared to now right so alan iverson the questions came out in 96 i think which is around the same time the jordan 11s came out and that's the actual shoe that i think if i'm not mistaken he crossed jordan in right jordan was wearing the 11s and iverson was wearing the uh i think he was wearing the the red toe or the blue i don't remember if it was a red toe or the blue toe questions but he was wearing the questions and his favorite player was michael jordan and i think if you actually look at the Reebok question, it, it almost looks almost like the Jordan 11. Like it's almost takes some of the cues off of it. And um, so for me, I think, yeah, I, I have a lot of Reeboks and I mean, I try to buy some of the, like a lot of the stuff that you can't get here. So I started um, myself and like a few uh, Reebok collectors, you know, I started posting my shoes uh, when I got my Instagram, like so I started Instagram like 2010 um, I started posting a lot of my sneakers and I, and again, I had a lot of Reebok. So I, I started tagging Reebok in my posts and I remember they had some sort of contest and they ended up sending me the Kamikaze ones, the retro before they came out and they actually gifted it to another 10 people or whatnot. And we ended up making a group chat on Instagram, like a, like a DM group chat and we just kind of talked and it was me. I was the only person from Canada in that group. And then there was some guy, one guy from Australia, uh, the couple from the U S Asia and starting team Reebok 1895, which is now, you know, 30,000 um, plus followers. And we would just post uh, Reeboks all the time and just kind of, it was like an organic kind of fan group. And I guess Reebok took notice and they started seating all of us and we would reach out to different um like sneaker boutiques like concepts and uh 24 kalates uh, like all of them around like sneakers and stuff and each of us would kind of have a dedicated boutique that we would reach out to and they would send us pairs whenever they had a collab with reebok they would send the pair to us so we could review and post on social media so it was pretty cool we did that for a few years so that kind of also this was again back in 2010 that kind of really got my Reebok collection make made it grow exponentially because obviously I'm getting pairs sent to me and I'm also buying more Reeboks for Reebok to kind of take notice as well uh, and for myself and the group that we were all just posting nothing but Reebok at the time even though I had other shoes right but 
Uh, I think that's one of the reasons because of Team Reebok 1895 is why my Reebok collection is so huge compared to, to most other people. Is nowadays, Reebok has a very, very small presence in uh, the sneaker game, right? They, in the 90s, they were dominating. They had, right, they had Sean Kemp, they had Alan Iverson, they had Shaquille O'Neal signed to the brand. Back in the 80s, they had Dominique Wilkins, right? So in early 2000s, Reebok was still doing well. Allen Iverson had that AI commercial with Jadakiss. Uh, Reebok had the, um, the contract for the NBA. So all the jerseys up until 2006 when Adidas bought Reebok were made by Reebok. Once Adidas purchased them, Adidas has flipped the contract over to them. And then the jerseys, I think, starting 2007 were made by Adidas for the rest of the for the rest of that 10-year contract. So I think once Adidas purchased the brand, I think that's when it kind of started dying down in the sense of they weren't, it wasn't being as promoted as much as it used to. And I mean, this generation, like, I don't think because it's just been slowly dying off, um, they don't really know it as the brand I remember it as back in the 90s and 2000s, which is kind of a shame. But what I've been hearing rumblings that Adidas is, looking for to sell Reebok as a brand and hopefully they do. I think that's a, that's an awesome move uh, for Reebok because I think maybe someone else who does buy them uh, may be able to pull them out of, you know, the rut that they're in now. Yeah, I certainly hope so too. I, I've never been huge into Reebok, but I definitely had some pairs back in the day and um, I definitely want them to stick around and succeed. Another thing I wanted to talk about, because anyone who follows your page knows you're a collector of more than just sneakers. You post Lego, you post figurines, you posted your, uh, you got 2K21, which I'm, I'm jealous of. Uh, what else are you into? Are you into collecting a lot of things? Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> Uh, it's, I got an addictive personality, I guess I, I could say. It. Luckily, I don't do uh, drugs or drink or anything like that or gamble because <laughs> then I'd be screwed. But um, yeah, man, I, I collect a lot of things like figurines. At one point, I started collecting Funko Pops. I think everyone does. I know Sean Go, he has like a, a whole bunch of them. Just everyone has a couple. But like I got I got like I'm big into Dragon Ball Z. So I collect some of those figurines. I like a lot of the nostalgic toys. So like Transformers and Ninja Turtles, stuff like that um a lot of horror movie stuff too so i have like tons of like jason freddy krueger michael myers stuff like that figurines in my basement but yeah i collect <laughs> quite a bit of things so uh, i had to stop with the you know some of the figurines and uh the funko pops for sure just because it's it's expensive to have just sneakers as a hobby alone standalone let alone adding a couple other hobbies in there as well but uh yeah uh definitely uh is expensive and i gotta kind of keep my spending in check as well especially with the kids right um the kids you know now at this point like they're the number one priority so i buy i try to buy them things and a lot of the times funny enough a lot of shoes that i want to buy myself uh that i can't get i end up buying for the kids because it's one it's cheaper in their size and at least if i can't have them someone in the household can yeah, I've talked about this before. I started to do the same thing too, especially, you know, if you already have it or if you don't need it. If you, you come to that realization, you don't need it, you want them to wear it. They might not appreciate it the same way, but at least you get to see them. And and obviously they wear it more than we do instead of the once or twice a year that we're rocking it to at least until they grow out of it usually, right? Yeah, for sure. 
So what about the toys with the kids, though? Like, are, are these things that, you know, those those are daddy's Funkos, don't yeah. touch them, or, you, or, yeah, or is them. there a crossover in terms of what they're allowed to kind of mess around with? Well, a lot of my old toys, like, I still have a lot of my old toys. Like, my old Ninja Turtles from the 90s and Transformers and all those toys, I still have them in a bin. Like, I never threw anything out, some of my old wrestling toys. So I let my son, he doesn't really play with toys anymore. He's 10 now. He's all into Fortnite and roblox and just playing xbox online with his headset and he doesn't even really talk to me as much but um and my daughter she's into dolls and stuff so she doesn't really play with my toys that much but i had i did give him a lot of my toys and it was strange because i took great care of my toys growing up like i have a lot of old toys that are just still in like perfect condition have all the weapons everything that it came with and then i gave him a couple and he like you know, broke them and mangled them, lost the pieces like pretty much immediately. So yeah. he doesn't take as good care of stuff as I do. So uh, a lot of my figurines, he doesn't, I don't let him touch. Like you saw the, the Kobe, like that one six scale figure that I bought. Yeah. I think I posted that. And like, I have some of those hot toys figurines as well, which those are kind of expensive. So um, I, I can't really buy too many of them because those are like 400, $400 a piece. Right. So uh, but just like uh, myself, I know you collect some some figurines as well, right? You you bought the uh, you pre-ordered. I don't know if you, I never got mine or any updates on it. But remember that um, that Tinker Hatfield uh, figurine that we had pre-ordered. Yeah, I got that one, and I'm waiting for my. I bought my son a uh, a cheaper version. It's not the one sixth Jordans. It's it's like a it's like a lower end version, but it still comes with a couple of pairs of shoes. The one I had has like the full set of shoes, and it comes with two Jordans and the the rookie jersey. And that one I was kind oh, of yeah, yeah. I was kind of protective. I have to admit because it was really expensive. And then you know what I just said? I said you know what to my son. He was into it. My daughter was. I was like you know what, do what you want. Just just don't break it. But you know when you talk about the old toys. Um, it's funny that I had a lot of old stuff too. Um, you know, it's funny you talk, I had transformers and stuff like that and, and they break it. And what I found myself doing, my son is eight and he's kind of phasing out of a lot of that stuff too. And I have like old, even McDonald's toys that I, that I love, like my, um, uh, like these fraggle rock McDonald's that I will never let go. My wife just, just wants to toss them away every week. But, uh, you know, I find myself, you know, they toss them and they forget about them. And then I take them back and I put them yep. back into my <laughs> secure area where, okay, you guys had your chance. You're good. You're not going to miss them. Yeah. Attached. I don't know who they're going to. Uh, they'll never go to anyone. Probably maybe I will donate them, but it's, it's funny that they kind of go through the phase. We give them a window and if they don't take it, then, you know, I'll take these back. <laughs> yeah, man. McDonald's had some fire toys back in the day, man. They um, had the Fraggle Rock. I think that was Burger King. And McDonald's had like the the McNuggets that is with all different faces on them. Oh, yeah. And I, I have these California raisins. I won't let go of either. You know, it's yes. funny you talk about the wrestling toys. Uh, I had, I wish I still had them. My, my dog chewed them all up. But my, my aunt and uncle were from the, are from the States. And they brought me like, we were the first ones in the neighborhood to have the big the big wrestling i had big john stud i had i had i had hulk and we had the ring it was the greatest toy probably i've ever owned so i don't know if you have those ones but those are the best yeah i I only had like one or two of the wrestling figurines just because my mom didn't want to buy me those the one thing that i had a lot of though was ninja turtles and i remember my mom telling me a story like when ninja turtles first came out it was a huge like craze right they had the show but the toys were literally sold out everywhere across Canada. And I remember 
my mom, my grandfather had gone to the States and or here they were looking for them everywhere and everyone's like laughing at them. Like, dude, it was almost like tickle me Elmo at the time. It was like, <laughs> you're never going to find us here. And they went to the States and they went to this like mom and pop shop and they asked like, do you have any Ninja Turtles? And the guy was like, no, sorry, we're all sold out. And as my parents were, or as my mom was leaving, my grandfather, like he noticed like a box on the floor somewhere and it was open and in it, he saw a Ninja Turtle and he went and asked the guy, he's like, Hey, are these, or he asked my mom because he didn't really know what they were. So my mom's like, yeah, those are the ones he's looking for. So my mom went back and asked the guy like, Hey, uh, I see you guys have a box sitting here. And he's like, Oh, like we must've had like one extra box that we didn't put out. Uh, like, I guess they had one shipment left that they just never opened up the box there. They had just opened it, but never put it out on the floor. So my mom's like asking my grandpa, like, Hey, like, which one should we get them? And he's like, just buy the whole lot. Like, you're never going to find these anywhere. Just buy the entire box. And I remember they came home and I had like all, like I was got like 16 different figurines, like the entire series. Oh. And it was like kid in a candy store, man. It was crazy. But they, I remember them telling me that story. I was like, it's it's nuts like things parents do for their kids just to try to make them happy right yeah those are amazing i know which one, exactly which ones you're talking about those are gems and uh, i would never let them go either but back to talking about the kids you, you mentioned like you know you're buying them sneakers now are they are they into it is there any of it rubbed off i mean do they have a lot of shoes or they just kind of you know like me i'm i'm trying to keep my kids to you know nothing too crazy the they don't they don't need anything fancy but maybe two or three pairs you know like like a, like a normal or they have a few more than that yeah, yeah no my kids um so i've been buying shoes for my kids before i had kids essentially like a lot of i think sneakerheads do that is like you know they know they're going to have a kid so when i was started working at ecstasy uh, because of my employee discount i used to buy my kids jordan so i bought them like my son well, again i didn't have a son at the time but i bought the green beans you know, the stealth pink one, the Jordan fives, uh, some Jordan fours, like the, uh, the black cat fours, like the first time they retroed, I think it was like 20, 2008, 2009. I don't remember around that time. Uh, but I just bought like a whole bunch of shoes in all different sizes, but obviously like s smaller sizes so that they would grow into them. Um, and then I had my son in 2010 and that at that point I kind of, I didn't know how expensive a kid would be. Um, so I, I sold a lot of my shoes in anticipation because I was like unsure and I stopped buying shoes. So there's a lot of shoes that I, you know, that had come out. And at the time, I remember Foot Locker still did pre-orders. So it wasn't like, you know, first come, first serve type of thing. You walked into Foot Locker, you prepaid for the shoe. And then, you know, when the release date came, you could just walk in and, and grab your shoe easily. Yeah. So the one shoe that I still remember to this day that, because I was having my son, my, my wife at the time was pregnant and it was the Flint uh, 13s and I wanted them so badly. And we walked in the Foot Locker and she's just like, you want them to get them. And they were like 200 bucks at the time. I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to pass. Cause I don't think we can, I, I didn't know what it was going to cost or what the, the cost associated to having a kid would be. So I passed on them. And funny enough to this day, I still don't have those shoes. Like the Flint 13s retro again, what was it last year Yeah. or this year? I don't remember. And I still couldn't get my hands on them because they sold out so quickly. Uh, but he, my son has a pair. So I got a, a pair. I was able to get him a pair. So it was funny. Like it was a shoe that I wanted for myself before he was born. I passed on them. And then now he has a pair and I still don't. But 
stuff like that. Like I've, I've been also buying them. Like they do have quite a few pairs. Um, but again, I, I don't, like you said, I don't get rid of a lot of shoes. I feel like it's kind of hard to sell kids shoes as well. Like they, they wear them, they beat them up. Yeah. But lately I've been buying them. I've been trying to buy my son like, you know, nicer shoes. Um, I have a US PO box as well right now in the States, but because of COVID, I can't go across. I have about 60 pairs sitting there <laughs> um, because of COVID and I can't get across the border to go get them. But I, I bought my son like the, the Pata Air Max ones. Uh, I bought my daughter, the Travis Scott um, Air Force ones, both. I have the Pata Air Max ones because I'm big, I'm big into Air Maxes, but uh, the, the Travis Scott Air Force ones, uh, I, I couldn't get the, the Pata Air Max ones. Sorry, what I'm saying. Um, the Air Force ones I couldn't get myself, so I bought them for my daughter. I bought my son the, the Travis Scott uh, Jordan 6. Again, that's another pair I couldn't get myself. So uh, I, the only thing is those Air Force ones that are sitting at my U.S. address, I bought them like when they first came out for my daughter. Her feet are now growing. And I don't even think by the time COVID's done, I don't think the shoes are going to fit her. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Money in the but, bank. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, recently, I bought him, uh, you know, those Spider-Man um, uh, Adidas uh, superstars. I bought myself a pair and then I went on the website and I saw they also released them in kid sizes. And it was weird because the men's sizing started at men's size three all the way up to like 17 or something. And they were 120 Canadian for the for the shoes or 130, but the kid sizes also started at around the same size, and went up to like a size six, and those were 90 bucks. It, it made no sense. So they had the same size in both men's and kids up to size six, but one was 90 dollars. So I bought my son the uh, those Spider-Man ones too, but I, I don't think he's into shoes. Like I, I gave it to him, and he was like, "Oh, cool." I'm like, we went inside because I gave it to him when we were in the car. And then he kind of just threw the box on the, on the counter and went upstairs to play video games. So I have to tell him to wear his sneakers. It's not like he like gets all excited. He's like, oh, what pair am I going to wear? Like he's one of those kids that's just like, you know, a typical boy just like puts his shoes on, like kind of smashes the heel to get his foot <laughs> into the shoe. Doesn't take care of his shoes. Like the shoes are just beat. So Sometimes I get worried with some of the shoes that I buy him and I'm like, is it even worth getting him expensive shoes if he doesn't care? So it's like really and truly it's, I think my daughter's more into sneakers than I, than, uh, than my son is like, we go out to Foot Locker. She comes with me and she's like, Oh dad, I like these. And she points out to like some Jordans or some Air Max, but obviously for her, it's just like, Oh, I like these colors because they're prettier. This one has flowers on it, but um, she's more into shoes and fashion. I think than he is, he's more of a gamer. You know, it's funny you talked about that feeling when you give your kids a pair of shoes. And, you know, usually my daughter will, she's older, she'll kind of say thanks and, you know, she'll put them down. And I don't expect much more. My son's a little bit more into it. And I'll look at them and say, cool. But then, you know, the box gets thrown. And that's kind of like the heartbreaking sneaker dad or sneaker mom <laughs> feeling where it's like, you know, do you know how long I looked for these or something or how much yeah. I paid for these? And it's just kind of like smash the back exactly and let's like go, go jump in the mud in them. But uh, that's the life we chose. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you because you kind of hinted at this a little bit. We talked about this in terms of, you know, I don't know if completest is the word, but wanting to finish a set, maybe get every color of the Air Max yeah. retros. 
Um, is that fair? Are you? Is it fair to put you in that category? Do you like to have one? Yeah, that's a big problem for me. Like, if I have one, I feel like I need them all. And the, it's crazy you say that. You see the Ronnie Fag just released all those Asics gel light threes oh. in that like all the different shades don't tell me of I actually didn't buy a single pair yeah. because I knew if I had one I'm going to have to try to go hunt for all of them and that that's what is that like 30 mm-hmm. or 40 pairs I don't even know how many made but like <laughs> Jesus like yeah like, those Air Max 90s that released this year like they all came in those cool boxes the OG boxes but they the recrafts right they came in all different colors and like OG color blocking and then they released like the original laser blues. They released the infrareds this year, all with like the hang tag and everything. Like I even bought just recently on Packer shoes. I bought the, um, the eggplant, uh, the women's pair, right? The OG eggplant mm-hmm. air max. 90s. And you can't find a size 13 women's in Canada anywhere. Like I went to every store that we like Foot Locker. I think the biggest size they carried was like a women's 10, um capsule had i think maybe 10 as well livestock i think they maybe have gone up to a size 12 but with you know men's and women's sizing it's a size and a half difference so i I need a 13 which is an 11 and a half men's um so every shoe that i need and most of the time 11 and a half alone is already hard to find even if it is a men's shoe in canada so a lot of times i have to like you know hunt online and shop at like in European stores like sneakers and stuff or a lot of times I buy on StockX too just because 11 and a half is you know I can just grab it there rather than having to buy a 12 but yes I literally bought every single color of the recrafts that came out this year luckily they all they were all on sale so I didn't have to <laughs> spend too much though but we talked about this, and, and I think you you know things like even like the boxes kind of drove you crazy because they weren't all the same, right? Yep, the uh, one box that came. All the boxes were all the same size, and then I ordered the blue pair. And for some reason, and I ordered from Foot Locker Canada, and for some reason they shipped me a U.S. version because the uh, the price tag said U.S. pricing on it. All the other ones had Canadian, but the box was bigger than all the other ones, and I was like, why is this? not the same size and it looks to me it's just like it's my like i don't know if i'm anal or if it's with my ocd but like i needed all the boxes to be the same size and i ended up ordering another pair from nike canada and it came because it was a hunch i just was like there's this can't be right like they couldn't have just made only the blue pair in a bigger box and i ordered the pair from nike canada and it was the same size as all the other ones so i don't know what happened i don't know if americans are getting a bigger box than we are but the blue box is, and it's funny enough, the, the bigger box is actually better technically because the shoes are actually crammed into the box. Mm. But for me, I, w- I just got the smaller box just so I can match all the other ones. And then I ended up selling the, uh, the other pair just for retail to one of my friends. Nice. So you got, you got your set. Are there any other kind of sets, maybe ones that you're, you're particularly fond of that you've collected over the years that kind of feed that? desire to, to to have it have have a have a, a package package of sorts um you know me I, i'm i'm like the type that likes the special packaging and stuff but it's also obviously get that gets expensive if you try to get the friends and family or the special like look at dunks right like you can get there every time there's a collab that you buy the collab that comes directly from the shop 
most of the time it comes in like a special packaging and then you buy the, the general release version of the collab. It, it comes in just the standard Nike, Nike SB box. So I always used to try to get those, but now at this point, I just try to get my hands on the shoe anyway I can. Cause really and truly like the box, it's cool to have as a display piece, but when you wear the shoes, nobody knows if you have the special box or not, right? <laughs> You're just wearing the shoes out. It, it's the same either way. Right. Um, I think another couple pairs of shoes that I, and these are Reeboks that I, um, I collect and I have like every time they drop one I buy is the Reebok questions. So I probably have about 60 different pairs of Reebok questions and like a bunch of different colors. Um, Reebok Instapump Furies. And I know a lot of people think those shoes are, you know, some people think they're really nice and, but a lot of people think they're ugly. Honestly, to me, they're just super comfortable and they're just different, right? You don't see them like you don't see anybody with them. And again, it could be because everybody thinks they're ugly, but they're just, they were just a huge shoe. And in Japan, like that original colorway that came out, cause they dropped back in 94 and the shoe just was like ahead of its time. It was so futuristic looking. And even looking at it now, you wouldn't know that that shoe was designed in 1994, right? It looks like something off the runway, like some weird futuristic shoe that that's, that's out. So uh, that's another pair that I have like maybe 50 different colorways in, in that, in that pair. You know, it's funny you talked about people not being able to see the box, but the box will last forever. The shoes will fall apart, right? The box, the the box is 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 the uh, is 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 what uh, is what uh, is keeps it safe. And uh, it, you know, showing you showed off a you know you show off your stuff on Instagram, and you showed off some amazing stuff when we were doing um, when we were doing those battles. Um, you got a you know you, you got an opportunity to show off your special boxes. You 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 have a ton of them, right? I mean, how many pairs would you say uh, in your collection that have these wild, wild boxes? I mean, some of them are, some of them are, are, are amazing, like plastic, huge yeah. plastic cases. I, I forget which ones those ones were you showed off. Yeah. I got like a, a few, like really stand out, like obviously the, like the Kith, the Kith one, like the, the one that came in the wooden crate uh, is crazy. I have uh, this hype beast and uh, new balance, friends and family set where it was two different pairs. When you, if you bought it in the shop, they sold them as two separate pairs, but the friends and family version came in this like big, like briefcase and the, the two pairs came in one and it had like plastic inserts and stuff. Um, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head, but like quite a few um, special boxes that it's just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it makes the package just a whole bunch, whole, a lot better. And if you got like a nice display going, like it, it just stands out. Right. For sure, my my um, prize special box is the New Balance Five Five Seven Joe Lewis. It's the uh, violin case, and I know how hard it was to find that. And I feel like you got to get lucky. Like you can hunt, and you can you know now you can go into StockX and pay resale. But most of the time, these special boxes don't just aren't just out there. There, you really have to dig. You and you you have to go on eBay. You have to go in groups. I found this in the Facebook group, and, and you have to get lucky. Is 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 that what's involved usually with these? Like a lot of digging. If, if you can't get it at retail, yeah. Uh, well, I can't ever get it at retail because most of these special boxes are from like, you know, the U.S. or Europe or whatever you know country the sneaker comes from that they're doing the collaboration with. And, um, so a lot of my stuff is eBay, like you search and search and search. And I have a, a say a list of saved keywords. So anytime a shoe releases on eBay, like a new listing goes up with a specific keyword, like, I don't know, like it, may, it might even just be like, um, 
like in the name of a, like it might be Soulbox, for example, that's one of the sneaker boutique. So anytime a pair of Soulbox gets posted on eBay in size 11, 11 and a half or 12, I get an email notification. It shows every single pair that's gone up. And sometimes you kind of hit, like you'll see a pair and uh, it has a special box. Like that's how I got the, the Kith pair. And I got it much cheaper than retail. And that was, there's only 150, uh, 150 boxes made. Um, that, that Joe Louis one that you mentioned, I still, I remember searching for that because like to get the regular version, it was easy. It was cheap. You could like, there was no, not too much. There wasn't any resale value on the regular, even though that's a really nice shoe. Uh, those five, seven, sevens that burn rubber collab, right? Uh, this violin box that you have, I think there's, there's like a hundred, hundred made, maybe even less. Uh, and I've actually, that's one of the ones I have still been searching for to this day. So if you ever decide to sell it, let me know. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I know, I know you love that type of stuff. And yeah, I've never even seen another one. And I posted it in New Balance groups and, and everyone gets excited about it. So um, it's it's one of my favorite 577s, which is my favorite New Balance model. So that one's sticking around at least for, for, for the near term future. But, you know, you talked about, you know, strategies for doing these things on, on eBay or wherever or groups. And like me, this must take a lot of time. And, you know my wife tells me my kids always look over my shoulder they see see the shoes whether it's on instagram or or i'm shopping or just browsing a lot you know with black friday and cyber monday the holiday shopping i'm just doing a lot of browsing even though there's probably better use of my time so i wonder if you ever think and i'm sure you do about how it impacts your children or other relationships this whole sneak you know collecting but but specifically sneakers i mean it, it encompasses a lot of our lives and i'll i'll be the first one to admit it 100 percent. that definitely impacts relationships one because you're spending a lot of money on you know essentially something you don't need right like i you know really and truly we only need you know a couple pairs two three pairs of shoes to wear uh, on, on rotation each each year, right? You don't really need to have a thousand pairs of shoes in your house. It's just like insanity. So yes, relationships wise, you know, you always bring in, you get a, you order a new pair and then you're nervous to tell your wife or girlfriend like, hey, like uh, I've already had these and you kind of sneak them into the collection or you just kind of, you know, somehow try to figure a way to get it in the house without her knowing. And uh, yeah, man, the kids, it's fine, but it's always, the kids always come first. Uh, but yeah, with sneakers, definitely it's, uh, it does sometimes put a strain on, on relationships. They're like another pair, you already have this, or it's like, why do I need the same, you know, Jordan one in like 27 colorways, like really and truly it's the exact same silhouette. And it's like, think about it. How many pairs have they released with like black toe Jordans? Like they released a, the same color and then court purple and then the, the green ones and then the, the original red ones and then like chatter backboards. It's like, it's literally all the same color blocking. It's just, they've just changed like one color on it. And it's like, Oh my God, I need to have this right now. So <laughs> if you think about it, it's, it's kind of silly, but I don't know. It's just kind of what us sneaker heads do. That's like our hobby, I guess. Some people collect cards. Other people do other things. Like we, my thing sneakers you know i personally see a lot of good going on and a lot of things that'll keep the culture alive are there things that you see that you really like that that you you know makes you kind of have hope for the future maybe yeah i mean all all these brands are are doing a lot of good as well like um nike's good at building hype but they're also 
really good at, you know, doing things for the community. Right. So one thing they do each year, and I think they were one of the first brands to do the whole equality black history month thing consistently on a yearly basis. Uh, Nike does the be true collection, which I remember like how hard it was to get some of the shoes back when they first started doing it. Right. The, those sock darts, when they dropped the be, be true sock mm-hmm. darts, the, uh, the air max zeros. I remember those actually came to the, uh, outlets but they had the the flyknit racers like the whole be true collection every year even the air force ones that came out this year are really really nice shoes and they're all for a good cause um i know adidas you know they this year they re-released the uh terry fox um orion the same shoe that he wore originally when he did that marathon of hope and um in a couple days actually they're exclusively releasing in canada um, and it's only 2020 pairs of the um, Ultra Boost with basically commemorating Terry Fox. So it's basically the colorway of the shoe that he wore back in 1986 or 87 when he did this run on an Ultra Boost, like an OG Ultra Boost, like 1.0. It's got like the Canadian flag in gold on the on the tongues on uh, the one heel. It says like 2020. The other one, it says the year that he did the run. It's a really, really cool shoe, um, and it's supposed to drop, I think, this this week, or on the 8th, if I'm not mistaken, and it's exclusively going to be in Canada, and it's only 2020 pairs. So the, those will probably have quite a bit of demand, but again, all those shoes that are releasing, like those Orions that came out, was all, all that money went to charity. Like, I don't even think Adidas took any of that money. It all went to um, support cancer research and all that, which was crazy, and like how Adidas kind of ended up being the brand that ended up essentially sponsoring Terry Fox was when he was doing that marathon of hope. He was just a young, young kid. He didn't have money. Um, He was asking people for, you know, help with, you know, money and food and stuff like that. And he reached out to a bunch of different brands asking for essentially footwear to wear to run across all of Canada. And um, Adidas actually replied to him and they sent him and his crew because he had a couple people with him. Um, 26 pairs of shoes and he wore those pairs and he just wore them down and just kept running across Canada in them. And those shoes back then, they were not like, they didn't have that much tech in them. Like, honestly, I got the pair. I was lucky enough to get a pair. Now they're kind of available easily, but in the summertime when they drop, the hype was crazy because one, they hadn't been retro since like, I think 2005. And then two, they're like obviously an iconic shoe in Canada based on an iconic person. And they were only available in Canada and they weren't available anywhere else. So I've seen, I've seen people kind of flipping them, which was kind of turned me off because it's supposed to be a shoe for charity and you're buying it now to then make money off of it. It was kind of you know, annoying, but all the money that Adidas made off that shoe went to, um, to the cancer research. And I'm glad to see that they restocked them now and anybody who wants them, can get a pair but adidas was actually one of the the one brand that actually reached out and gave terry fox those shoes and now you know those shoes are part of history right so but me wearing them now and putting them on foot there was like so little cushioning and like very little tech in those shoes they were such a basic shoe so like imagining terry fox running and like hopping with he has like one leg right so he had to run all across Canada in those shoes. You know, I remember reading stories that his leg and feet were like bleeding as he was running, but he just kept going nonstop. 
so hearing those things is just crazy. So now they're doing an ultra boost to commemorate that other shoe. I just imagine, like, imagine if he had worn or there was that tech available back then, the ultra boost to run across Canada. He probably would have, you know, made it all the way across, right? Um, it's just crazy. Some of these uh, things, like, like, I love hearing backstories and like learning about sneakers. So that's another thing. The one thing about me, at least, is that I don't just like buying shoes just because they look cool. I also like to to know like the story behind a shoe and why they chose these colors or, you know, what it means to the person who designed it. Right. So all those things kind of put the whole, you know, story and, and sneaker together for me. Uh, and that whole thing that Adidas is doing and Nike and all these other brands uh, are definitely huge positives in the uh, community. So. Yeah, that's one thing, you know, I want to talk about the Adidas thing and, and the brands for a second. But when you were on the battles, I think OD Toronto did one and someone else did one. And you, you did such a good job of telling the stories behind the sneakers. And it shows that you're really you really know your stuff. And even on your IG, you do it. So, so uh, you know, uh, but uh, as far as the Adidas thing, you know, the kids, they do the Terry Fox run every year at school. And they, you know, they learn about it and things like that. But it's it's amazing that you know when that shoe came out this summer and, and i couldn't get my hands on it either but um you know I, I showed it to my kids and you know they asked questions and and we got a little deeper into terry fox and, and you taught me some things i didn't even know uh, about that whole story now and, and i'm going to share that share that with my kids because it's uh, you know it's amazing that you know not just spread awareness but the connections between sneakers and real life is is something that you know not only people like us care about but you know your average kid who doesn't particularly care or a regular person uh, can can really relate to yeah even my mom like it's funny when i when i brought those shoes home and she she's a huge fan of i don't know she's big into terry fox and like you know his cause and everything she literally told me to buy a second pair so i can just hold on to it as like a a memento for her and yeah. just like so I don't ruin them, right? I can buy a pair to wear and then the other pair she can just kind of keep as a keepsake. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your mom understands about the uh, whole rock, rock one, stock one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you've, you've, you've taught her, or she's picked that up somewhere along the way. Uh, Faraz, I'm going to let you go, but I have to thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to have you back because there's so much in your collection and so much in your in your mind and your knowledge base that I want to hear more about. But But really, thanks for talking with us today. It was a pleasure. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure to be here. We didn't even get into like so many aspects like Nike SBs and, and stuff like that, like tons of different pairs and things we could talk about. I can go on for days, but yeah, I definitely look forward to, to coming back and uh, talking to you again. Well, that's what uh, Where Everything, the spinoff of this podcast is for, just to talk strictly about sneakers. So that's what we'll do. Uh, but uh, if our listeners don't follow you already, they could find you at laced underscore heat on Instagram. And uh, you can find me at John Ratner on Twitter and Heads Ain't Ready on Instagram. And of course, check Sneaker Dads on Instagram for upcoming contests, podcast announcements, great photography from our contributors and some sneaker dads merch coming soon so uh thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next week